0: Welcome back to the DCL Duo podcast. Thanks for listening. Sam and I are so excited to have you join us on our Disney adventures. If you like the podcast and want to support us, please be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast service. We're available on most major providers, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Pocket Cast. Please also be sure to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Reviews help people who might be interested in listening to our podcast find us more easily, and they also help you, our listeners, as we're able to get even more great Disney guests to come on the show. We'll also shamelessly read new reviews on the air at the beginning of each show so you too can be part of the DCL Duo podcast. If you'd like to connect with us and our podcast community, also be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at DCL Duo, or join our Facebook group for the DCL Duo vlog and podcast. Speaking of our vlog, You'll also find video content from us on our YouTube channel at DCL Duo. Again, thanks for listening, and now, on to the show. So, uh, Sam and I are going to take this uh, episode to talk a little bit about our adults-only trip uh, recently to Disneyland. I think we got back about a week or a week and a half ago now from the parks. Um, I did want to take a moment to acknowledge that we're kind of in a unique moment in time we're recording this episode on uh what is it monday the 15th 16th 16th, which is the day that um basically all the disney parks have now officially closed uh the cruise line has suspended its operations um you know uh, i read online earlier today that Disney and its history has only closed a few times and even then, you know, maybe for a day or a few hours. Uh, and so pretty historic to have the parks shut down for at least the next two weeks. I think realistically it's going to be at least a month, probably two months before these parks reopen.
1: And we are currently practicing social distancing. Uh, meaning we're basically on lockdown in our home although none of us have the coronavirus uh, we're well we're practicing social distancing except from each other and our son and our two dogs
0: <laughs> and our instacart delivery drivers because <laughs> we need groceries and we don't want to subject ourselves to the grocery store um, so yeah it's a pretty historic moment here in time and uh, just want to acknowledge that I think I think we would both agree that disney's doing the right thing right. here um uh, i know there's a lot of chatter on uh, social media that, that times is complaining about what's going on i think there's you know different points of view on that our point of view on it is disney is doing the right thing here by closing the parks um it's unfortunate that it's for this long and um it's you know it's sad it's going to actually impact our spring break vacation mm-hmm. may even impact our memorial day yeah. uh, vacation that we plan to Disneyland um we're just crossing our fingers and hoping that it doesn't impact the cruise we have planned in September we're hoping that it's calmed down uh things have calmed down by then so but it, but I, it
1: looks like Disney's doing some some good things to mitigate for annual pass holders. They are uh, the number of days they're closed, they're increasing your annual pass by that many days. Disney Cruise Line is giving discounts to folks whose cruises uh, are impacted, meaning that they they've been they're on the ship and they're being docked early and so they're going to get savings on their next cruise. Um, so they're they're trying to mitigate the impacts on people I think in the best way they can
0: yeah and i, I just I, I would applaud disney for doing the right thing here and trying to do the right thing there there are definitely some shanks in the armor um you know I've, I've heard about some vendor staff who may or may not be getting paid in the same way that the cast members are you know, can't necessarily fault disney for that entirely um, that's obviously on the vendor company but disney can do a lot to influence its supply chain um you know we heard about the college program the international program getting cut short, um, pretty abruptly, you know, it's again, unfortunate, um, but probably the right thing to do. So sad moment in time, but, um, mostly would applaud Disney for what they've been doing and certainly the right thing to do to close down for a while. Um, I know a lot of people think they'll reopen in a couple of weeks. I think that's highly unlikely, yeah. um, highly unlikely. So, you know, I think we need to settle in for the long haul. So, you know, with that, why don't we talk about our trip uh, (laughs) to take your mind off of all of the recent events and we can go back in time, Wayne's World style. And we'll go back to our (laughs) trip at Disneyland and we'll just, you know, chat a little bit about what we did there. So uh, we went for an adult's only trip, just Sam and I, we um, left our son uh, with grandma and uh, he had a fab fabulous weekend. And so we in turn had a fabulous weekend too. Um, we, we try to, uh, take at least one, if not, you know, one longer and one shorter vacation every year, just the, just the two of us, um, recognizing that when her son turns 18 and is an adult, uh, Sam and I are going to be stuck together for the rest of our lives. Uh, he, he can go on and live his life. So we want to maintain, a good relationship as a couple. So we don't feel, I know there are people who struggle with leaving their kids at home and going to Disney. We don't feel that way. We certainly take our son a lot to Disney and a lot on Disney cruises. So he's, he's a spoiled kid when it comes to Disney. So we, we feel no guilt in sort of, you know, taking some time for ourselves on occasion and we like to spend it at Disney. Um, so, uh, let's talk about, so we, we, we flew down, uh, and in the age of coronavirus. It was probably the cleanest plane we've ever been on. Um, probably. Yeah. We, so we fly. We, we have to fly when we go to Disney. Um, either Disneyland or Disney World. It's, it's too far to drive to either for us. So we always fly. Um, the one plug I would put in is, and and uh, we said this, we have a vlog post out um, about the trip. We have several vlog posts out about the trip that we'll go into kind of deeper detail on some of what we're going to talk about tonight. But on the wrap-up vlog that we... Uh, put up or will be putting up. I said, if you can fly into Orange County, fly into Orange County.
1: Absolutely. John Wayne Airport is way better. It's smaller, it's cleaner, it's closer. It's just easier to get to Disneyland from that airport, either by Uber or by rental car or Lyft or the, or taxi, the number of options is great, but it's it's a lot easier and closer for, than from LAX.
0: Yeah, uh, so John Wayne, LAX is a massive international airport, you know, on par with Atlanta, JFK. DFW. Know, it's, you know, rental cars are mostly off-site there. You you may get a cheap fare into LAX, but you're going to pay for it in the time spent, Getting out of the airport, getting a rental car, or getting whatever transportation you have. Getting
1: luggage if you've checked get, bags. Getting
0: luggage. It's further away from the park, so whatever fare you would pay on Uber or a cab is going to be more. And then coming back, you know, it's an hour drive from the park, depending on traffic in L.A. And you got to get through security, and it's a ton of travelers. L.A. is – L.A.X is a massive airport. Orange County, in comparison, is a very small Airport, and so if you can get a flight in there, you're going to get in and out so fast. I think we got off our plane and we're in our rental car within ten to fifteen minutes, maybe.
1: Yeah, maybe I. Yeah, I would say fifteen yeah. minutes, and that's um, with a
0: stop to go to the bathroom, and we could have gotten Starbucks because there was yeah. no line. So we
1: did not check luggage. We right. when we go for just a weekend trip anywhere, just the two of us, um, or actually if we go the three of us for any weekend trip, we don't check luggage.
0: Right, and. You know, that that raises another point. Um, you know, we went to Disneyland for the weekend. I think most people couldn't contemplate going to Disney World for a weekend trip right. or a weekend away. People do it. I know they do it. But you got to really pick your battles then at Disney World. Pick your parks. You're probably not going to get everything in. At Disneyland, you can go for a weekend and you can see the whole park and ride all the rides. and Most of them. M- you most might of miss them. a couple. Yeah, but you're not making as big a trade-off. No. Not at as Disneyland well. as you are at Disney World the 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 Disneyland park is a much more compact park everything is on site everything is walkable downtown Disney and the parks are all connected together they're all within the same security cordon mm-hmm. so you go through security you can wander around you can the, the Disneyland uh, entrance is 100 yards 200 yards maybe from the California Adventure mm-hmm. entrance you can park hop all day long. Um so
1: yeah, we, the only exception is in, in the mornings there at least lately has been kind of long lines at Disneyland Park because of the new ride Rise of the Resistance in Galaxy's Edge. So there's Yeah, but, but
0: let's not let's not but, get too deep into that. No, we'll, but, we'll normally,
1: but normally but normally any time in the middle of the day it's really easy to park hop between the two parks yeah. and there's no lines. It's just Right now, in the early morning hours, there's there's lines. Yeah,
0: and look, we're going to eventually do an episode here coming up on sort of our thoughts as between the differences between Disney World and Disneyland, and probably do a little game of what would we keep and what would we move between the parks because <laughs> um, we definitely have some thoughts there. So I don't want to I don't want to spend too much time on this, but I'll just say, if you can fly into Orange County, it's great. Um, the one thing we didn't mention, so getting from the airport to the parks, uh, Disneyland used to operate a bus kind of like the magic express only it was a private operator bus. So it it wasn't walk up to a queue and there's a Disney cast member and you tap a magic band. It was really, you could like prepay a a ticket on a tour bus that would take you to Disneyland. We did that exactly one time and the bus was to and from to, to and from. And
1: actually I think we might've done it twice.
0: No, we only did the bus one time and then we started doing Uber because the, the, neither here nor there on the experience with the bus because the headline is they don't do the bus anymore and not surprised because when we rode the bus the one time it was completely empty. It was both directions fairly way. I I think think us
1: and one other person on the way to the parks and us and two or three other people, meaning one other family on the way back. But
0: they do not operate that bus either between Orange County and the parks or LAX and the parks any longer. So you're going to have to do a private transportation option to transfer from the hotel, or for, sorry, from the airport to the parks and back, um, we get really cheap car rentals. I think the last time that this last trip we took is uh, for our adults only trip, and this is pre sort of all of the Domino coronavirus travel issues. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we had a rental car for about one hundred and fifty dollars, and I think it was a it was a Land Rover, so it was one of the nicer rental cars. Mm-hmm benefits of being in Orange County there's a lot of money there so people expect nicer nicer vehicles i yeah. guess but but um it was like $150 yeah. which you can easily blow that on uber rides especially if you want to have any flexibility to um do leave, anything outside of, yeah,
1: outside of the park yeah outside the
0: park which is is a big i would say is a big benefit um like on our way to the park we stopped at one of our favorite places to to grab food, which is Cane's uh, Raising raisin Cane's. canes. Raisin canes. Um, we, we're not advertising for Raising Cane's. We just like it. Um, it's it's a, <laughs> we
1: could advertise for yeah, Raising Cane's. We could Raising Cane's if call you're listening. Me.
0: Yeah, yeah. Give us a call. Um, we'll we'll take we'll be paid in chicken, chicken fingers. fingers. <laughs> um, but we but but sort of makes a point for me um, that uh, the nice thing about Disneyland is that it's central in Anaheim. And so, you know, they built a park and then a city cropped up around it. And so you can go to the park or, you know, you don't, you're not, you're not beholden to Disney property. You can go to the parks, but if you want to eat off site, you can. Um, We stay on property. So we stayed this time at the grand Californian, uh, which we love. It's one of our favorite resorts. and We can talk about some of the reasons why that is, but I just want to put in a plug. We've heard from several people and we know a lot of people do stay off property at Disneyland because the good neighbor resorts, I mean, it's not like Disney walking world distance. Yeah.
1: They're from my understanding from talking to other folks who've stayed on, um, non Disney hotel properties is if particularly if you're staying at like paradise pier, which is the kind of mid level, um, Disneyland, uh, property, uh, hotel property that, that, that hotel is not any closer than the Marriott or the Hilton or a couple of other, of the good neighbor hotels. So those are really good options. The only thing I would add though, to Brian's um, comments about the rental car is don't forget though, you will have to pay for parking if you do rent a car. So
0: Unless you're a DVC member, we can talk about that another show. Um, And you're staying on points, um, or you've booked your cash stay through the DVC. But anyway, um, so anyway, fast forwarding. That's how we got to the park. We did, you know, we did make a stop before we, we, after we arrived. I think that's something unique to Disneyland is your ability to kind of hit up restaurants or stay off property and not hit up
1: in and out burger. Yeah. Not
0: really exper- go to the beach, right. um, go to another of one of the multitude of theme parks that are in the area. I mean, you can do that in Orlando, but you know, in LA, you've got Knott's Berry farm, you've got six flags. Uh, you also have universal studios. So
1: Legoland land is not that far.
0: Yeah. So, um, so anyway, um, traveling in, that's our thoughts on like the airport, how you get there. Um, we, we, after we got in, we had lunch, we rolled up to the Grand Californian and the, um, one stark memory I have of our arrival is I have never seen the driveway at the Grand Cal that, that empty. empty. Yeah. Um, we rolled right up and, um, as we got out, I sort of, the, you know, the valet who was taking our car, he, uh, he asked if he wanted, if we want to help with our luggage. And I said, well, you know, go ahead and grab the luggage cause we're going to need to store it cause it's, you know, it's not three o'clock yet. So I doubt our room is going to be ready. And he said, you probably could gamble it. I said, really? You know, he said, yeah. He said, we're at 50% capacity because a conference has canceled uh, for the weekend. And so I had noticed actually to step back, we were originally supposed to stay at the Disneyland hotel. Um, I knew that Sam's preference is if we can stay at the Grand Cal, we should. And we can talk about reasons why that is here in just a second. I'll let her talk about that. Um, But I had been sort of called Disney about I don't know, three, two, three weeks before our trip, maybe a month, see if there was any rooms available at the Grand Cal. And they essentially told me, um, no, we're all booked up. We're completely full. It's going to be the beginning of spring break. Um, I think about a week and a half or maybe a week before our trip, I noticed a room came open in the Grand Cal. Um, and so I snapped it up and canceled our other reservation. And uh, then a couple of days later, I went back on the site and I started to notice Every room room category is now available. So we we knew there was something up. We knew that at that point the coronavirus was starting to impact things.
1: Yeah, and it was Um, here. It was here in the Seattle area already, but it had not really cropped up uh, anyplace else in the country. But
0: it was it was empty when we checked in. The lobby was empty. Um, Yeah, I know a buddy of mine who um, a friend of our show who uh, runs the DCL podcast. Uh, He was trading me text messages about how his family had gotten upgraded and wishing us luck. We didn't get upgraded. (laughs) Um, uh, I should have asked, but I didn't want to press my luck. We already had kind of a theme park view room to begin with. So um, anyway, it was empty. It It was noticeably empty.
1: Yeah. Um, now, when he's, just to be clear, when Brian says empty, that doesn't mean there was nobody in the hotel or nobody in the lobby or nobody in the driveway. This
0: wasn't the shining. Right. Yes. no. Uh.
1: But it, it mean he means that compared to how it normally is, it felt really empty. There were not nearly as many people as there usually are. And there were not nearly as many people as you would expect for the beginning of spring break. Now it's not spring break here in Washington, um, but I guess it was, the beginning of spring break down in California, not in,
0: Cal- not in California it was the surrounding States like oh. Nevada. Um, when I called in that, that's the woman had mentioned it. it was like Nevada and, um, Arizona. Okay. But so let's, um, again, get us back to happier things. Sam, why don't you tell them, what you love so much about the Grand Californian, aside from the fact that we own some wood screw <laughs> in the somewhere. paneling there somewhere as DVC members, but what, what you tell them what you like about the Grand Cal?
1: Okay, so this is uh, we've never stayed at the Paradise Pier, so I can't really. Com- we've been in the Paradise Pier Hotel, uh, so I can compare a little bit to that, but we've never stayed there, so it's hard for me to compare there. But we have stayed at the Disneyland Hotel and the Grand Californian. And I like both of them, to just to start. Um, the Disneyland Hotel is an older hotel, and because of that, it actually has larger hotel rooms. So if you're looking for more space, if you have a bigger family, the Disneyland Hotel is probably a really good option. Disneyland Hotel also has a, a good entrance into sort of the end of the downtown Disney area where Earl of Sandwich is. Close to the Lego store, um, close to the live stage that's in downtown Disney, so it's good access to that end of downtown Disney. However, in comparison, the Grand Californian has, in my opinion, better access to downtown Disney because it's kind of the entrance from the Grand Californian is well, it's, it's in the smack middle of middle. Downtown it's an, exactly yeah. it's right in the it lets you out right in the middle of downtown it, Disney, right by the main Starbucks,
0: and it has a dedicated. Like security. So, the security interest for the Disneyland Hotel is shared by essentially Disneyland Hotel, Paradise Paradise Pier, Pier, and just the general public who's coming into downtown Disney.
1: Right. Versus the two entrances uh, from the Grand Californian Hotel, one into downtown Disney and the other into California Adventure Park, uh, are really exclusive to the Grand Californian. So, I would say for me, the primary reason which is the primary reason for any real estate purchase. Location, location, location. So Grand Californians got access into downtown Disney right by the main Starbucks, right by the dress shop, right by a ton of different restaurants in the middle of downtown Disney. And then you get that back entrance to California Venture, And that is probably the most important reason. And I would say that because if you are staying on Disney property and you've got that extra magic hour, you don't want to be waiting in the front line at either California Adventure or at Disneyland Park because those front lines to get into the parks just move slow. And you've got all these other people who are not staying on property also trying to get in because they've maybe bought a three-day park ticket or they're just waiting for the for the lanes to go to fully open entrance even before they're supposed to. So the back entrance to California Venture is great. It also gets you really great access to Pixar Pier. It gets you great access to Cars Land. So where you're entering the park is the back end versus the front end. So you don't have to go through sort of the Buena Vista Street area, which that area is lovely, but in the morning, when you want to get on rides early, you want to be closer to Pixar Pier.
0: Yeah, although you and closer com- to Cars Land. You commented at the end of the trip because it was one of the times we had walked. We went to the Disneyland Hotel to have dinner, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But you commented, "Wow, we've never been down to this end."
1: <laughs> entire of, time.
0: of downtown Disney the entire time we've been here, and normally we would be here yes. all the time. We 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 would typically have dinner at one of the restaurants down there. We would visit the Lego store. We can we didn't we see it passed. at all for yeah. more than two days. Yes. Yeah. So
1: that, that's the difference, right? Like if you're at the, if you're at the Disneyland hotel or at the paradise pier hotel, you're going to probably spend a little bit more time walking through the downtown Disney area. Cause you're going to have to walk through the whole but, downtown Disney area. But
0: let me just, so let me stop. It's a great area. Yeah, let me stop for a second though and explain, uh, for those of you maybe may listening to our podcast, newer to Disneyland. Um, Grand Californian is the equivalent of a deluxe resort at Walt Disney World. You are going to pay a serious premium to stay at that resort. It goes for, I think, on the low end, in the mid-500s a night. Most of the time, you're not going to get a room there for you know less than six or $700 a night. So it is an expensive proposition for the convenience that you're getting, whereas the Disneyland Hotel, it's interesting. I think it's supposed to be one step below deluxe maybe more like a moderate but i would say it actually straddles the border between moderate and deluxe Agreed. in a lot of ways and it's kind of a historic property at disneyland it's the it first hotel it carries a lot of history and the, the rooms are nice the rooms are actually bigger right. at the disneyland hotel than the um grand Cal. um so but you're paying you know several hundred dollars a night less to stay at the disneyland hotel i would say You know pros and cons. Grand Cal is gorgeous. is gorgeous and Mm -hmm. it is convenient. And when you walk into that lobby, you're getting that huge, sweeping lodge like lobby that you would get at like Wilderness Lodge at Walt Disney World. Mm -hmm. It is an impressive thing to see, and um, it's very nice. It's gorgeous. It does have a little bit more of an adult type feel to it. Um, I think the pool area, especially, is is not true. Like if if you had the the pool at the Disneyland Hotel has these sort of famous monorail water slides.
1: Agreed, That's it is a, a, a more fun
0: a kids splash pad. It is it, it has Trader Sam's, which is a, one of the best kind of pool bars. Um, the restaurants at the Grand Cal are going to be kind of on the higher end of the the scale. Um, I mean, both properties kind of have their kind of kid-friendly restaurant and the you know slash buffet and their high-end restaurant at the grand cow that's going to be napa rose is the high-end restaurant uh for adults um uh what is the 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 steakhouse story 55. no story oh. I'm sorry storytellers storytellers cafe at the grand cow is kind of the buffet that has character. a character breakfast right at disneyland hotel you're gonna get steakhouse 55 which we so I have a vlog on, we have a vlog on Napa Rose. We'll talk about them both kind of a little bit here in a second. And then they have uh, Goofy's Kitchen, which is yeah. the big character buffet there. Um, the Grand Cal, I think one of the cons is the bar by the pool is kind of their equivalent of Trader Sam's. It is not as good. Um, yeah, agreed. Everything I've heard is it's not as good. Trader Sam's is kind of like that classic tiki bar that you're going to mm-hmm. get at the Polynesian at Walt Disney World, in fact, Trader Sam's is the original version. of Whatever it is that they have at Walt Disney World, it's
1: Trader Sam's at Polynesian as well.
0: Yeah, I know, but I think Trader Sam's is the one the at Disneyland, Disneyland is, is the first original. One. Yes, yeah, yes. and so those are the two hotels. The third hotel, Pixar uh, Paradise Pier, we should just say is is the equivalent of a, a value level Disney resort, which you know is going to mean it's above. Kind of other value stay properties,
1: right? Off it's property. not a Holiday Inn. Yeah, it's it's, not. it's very nice. Um, they, they have, have a
0: th- roof. They have a rooftop pool where you can view fireworks. They have their own yeah. Donald's uh, Safari restaurant. We've eaten at there like once for, yeah. for for bre- it, for dinner and maybe even breakfast. It's
1: it's Italian themed dinner. It's but it's good. not
0: as nice as the other no, restaurants. So it's
1: not as nice. I would say in ranking the character meals. Um, I would certainly put storytellers um, at Grand Cal at the top, but more because the food is a little bit better and it's a little bit less chaotic. But honestly, the entertainment for the kids at Goofy's Kitchen at the Disneyland Hotel is probably the best for the character meals.
0: And look, we'll, we, we can come back and do a sh- an entire show comparing and contrast the to the too. hotels and the restaurants. Um, the other thing to point out is Grand Cal. Um, has a spa, uh, so it, it does have an Elemis spa uh, on site. It was closed for refurbishment for a while. I think it was closed while we were there, still, but it's it should be reopening. Although now all the hotels are closed, so, um, <laughs> should be reopening. Should soon be reopening if it soon. But yeah. it but it's the spa and property, which typically is where you know, that's going to be in the highest end deluxe resort. So, all right. So we checked in at the Grand Cal. Sam's giving you her thoughts on pros and cons. Um, afterwards we went sort of straight into the park. Um, went to
1: California adventure,
0: went to California adventure because Sam wanted to see for the first time frozen at the Hyperion. And, uh, we have a vlog that will be up or out by the time this podcast is out. Sam's reactions to frozen at the Hyperion. Um, so I don't want to spend too much time there, but Sam did finally get to see frozen at the Hyperion. Go, go ahead. I'll just
1: give the, the 50 cent version. It was a little bit of a disappointment. It was no Broadway. (laughs) It was a little bit of a disappointment when I compare it to both the Broadway version that I had recently seen on the national tour here in Seattle, and then having seen the DCL version on the cruise line um, on the Wonder, I think it was. Anyway, so I would say it it was a good show. The kids will love it because it's um, in particular, because it's shorter than like the movie or the Broadway show. Um, it was well done. Some, some nice effects, uh, some really nice singing voices. The acting was mm, not perfect, not great, but not terrible. Um, but yeah, that, that would be my, my short review.
0: So after that, we headed over to um, check in for our, um, Pixar Pier after dark. Oh, that's right. Evening, got to experience the Blue Sky Cellar for the first time. is really interesting. They um, hadn't been in there before, Um, and they had like a scale model of Pixar Pier and lots of like artwork up about the sort of construction of the the Pier, the rebranding of it over to Pixar. Um, So it was it was really neat. I would definitely worth sort of checking out. I think kind of similar to what they've got up at Disney world around the Epcot experience right now. Um, probably at less of a grand scale, but it was just really interesting to see. So we checked in for our after dark event and got our got credentials. Our uh, and then we headed it was over. a little
1: silly. They gave you a, a thing to put around uh, your yeah. neck, a, a wristband and a ticket. I don't know why they needed three different, uh, three different methods.
0: Yeah. And so, um, so we checked in there and then we headed over to actually Wine Country Chattoria because above Wine Country Chattoria now, one of the new annual pass holder benefits that Disneyland is offering for Disneyland pass holders, of which we are, <laughs> is um, a, a sort of a private uh, annual pass holders uh, bar. bar and lounge on the, the space the that was on top, top of deck. Wine Country. Going Country territory that used to be open kind of generally is now closed only to annual pass holders of which, you know, you can't throw a stone at Disneyland without hitting an annual pass holder. But still a nice benefit. We went up there and had...
1: I can't remember the name of the place.
0: The, the, it, yeah. it had a
1: name, but I can't remember. Something Terrace, I think.
0: Yeah. But we had a drink up there. The if I remember correctly, the Fun Wheel, I think is what we...
1: Yeah, it was a, a Long Island iced tea drink. Type
0: drink. Yeah, it was it was good. It, I would say the space is really nice. So if you're there and you're an annual pass holder and you're looking for a place to just kind of chill out and grab a drink, and they had some like snacks and small bites, it was it was nice. It was nice. Yeah. Um, and after that, it was pretty much time for for dinner. For uh, oh, for dinner. Yeah, I forgot I was going to say for Pixar Pier after dark. But no, we, at
1: lamplight. That's right. We yeah. had we hit
0: up. Um, I think we hit up Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes,
1: which that's is right
0: one of my favorite rides, and I think we universally felt like that ride on Guardians of the Galaxy was one of the best that we had ever had for some like just the music and the actual motion of the ride that time around was something we hadn't we just hadn't had that version of it and so it was really kind of fun but yeah after that we headed over to Lamplight Lounge because we wanted to try that out um right there on Pixar Pier we figured for Pixar Pier after dark why not eat at the restaurant on Pixar Pier what did you think of Lamplight Lounge?
1: I thought it was excellent.
0: I should say we filmed a review of Lamplight Lounge, but the audio failed us on the ca- camera for oh. the vlog, so that review is lost to history. So this yeah. is the review of Lamplight Lounge that we oh, have. So. it
1: was it was excellent. I, I can... the review or the food. Both. Um, No, the food was excellent. So we had uh, a a nice waitress. I remember her name being Samantha because it's the same as my name. So it was easy to remember. Um, We ordered one appetizer. Um, Well, actually we ordered two appetizers, but we ate one of them as a meal. So we ordered the, um, they were like They were supposed to be like chicken wings, but they were pork. So they were like pork, like rib ribs. They called them like drumettes or something like that. Yeah,
0: it had had pig in the name, I feel like. Yeah, it it was like
1: a piggy something or other. Anyway, they were really, really delicious. Um, And then we got the lobster nachos. Was that lobster or lobster and crab? I think it was lobster. No, natchez. it was lobster
0: nachos. Yeah. Um,
1: And we also got a chicken sandwich.
0: All that stuff that we shared was really, uh, really delicious. And I would get it again. I'd say a couple of tips on Lamplight Lounge. I mean, first, I had heard kind of a lot of reviews from different people that, um, you know, the food was not that good. I think everything we had was delicious. That chicken sandwich, which we um, kind of mentioned offhand, was um was actually pretty good um and there's was pickles yeah and the the lobster nachos were not i mean they were a big portion yeah. i'd say even the crispy piggies or whatever they were called i mean there was like 5 or 6 of them. i mean so in terms of disney portion size it was good portion size for the money um again i had heard some suspect things about the food we didn't experience that we thought it was really good mm-hmm. um, i'd also heard that the pacing of the meal can be a little off and we did experience some of that i mean we ordered appetizers but the meal wasn't was the appetizers came the food came right on its heels so um so you know you may have to ask if you actually want to pace the meal out you might want to say something to the server at the time we were okay with it because we're sharing all the food i think the two tips i'd have are one if you're eating at the lamplight lounge you got to check out the art on the walls. Um, just so much really cool Pixar movie related, you know, art and items up on the walls uh, drawings from the movies. So if you're a fan of any of the Pixar films, definitely, definitely worth checking out kind of the stuff that's up on the walls. Um, the other tip uh, there's a secret room. That's probably not so secret anymore. Cause I think a lot of people have written about it called the office. And it's, it's meant to be kind of a private dining area for up to 12. Um, you can't really reserve it in advance for small parties. I suspect you can for larger parties. We tried to, we, we were doing a VIP tour and I tried to get them to, re- to reserve the room for us <laughs> through VIP services and they couldn't even really move the needle on that. Um, but it's, it's kind of a cool space to see You walk down kind of a nondescript hallway through a, door that looks like it's marked cast member only and then there's kind of like a vault bank door and you've got to like actually solve the locks to get into the room so anyway it's it's worth checking out even if you can't eat there you might be able to kind of swing by and see it take a um, peek yeah take a peek so um overall i thought lamplight lounge was a was a hit with us um it was a good meal it was a good kind of low-key um casual meal before pixar pier after dark so sam yeah. pixar pier after dark would you what were the highlights for you so and we should stop and say Pixar Pier After Dark. It's one of the after hours events um, that Disney does throughout the various parks. That means it's a hard ticketed event. You pay extra uh, to get in for the event. Your ticket for the evening is your ticket into the park. You don't need separate park admission. But if you have an annual pass, it means you're paying more to get in. Right. Um, but it's supposed to be kind of reduced crowd level. It runs from the actual event ran from eight o'clock to 1 a.m. But I think you could start to use your ticket to access the park as early as I want to say five o'clock in the afternoon. So you can actually get a pretty full day at the park with just the add on Mm -hmm. ticket. Um, But the, the notion is that like the crowds will drop, Dissipate, dissipate, and then you kind of have more or better access to some of the, the park and the rides. Now, of the after-hours events we've done, which we've done a few, this one was crowded. I would say there was a lot of people there doing there, a lot of stuff. But
1: There were a but, lot of people. But
0: there's a lot of the, the after-hours events carry with them, you know, access to the rides, great, but they're themed. And so usually what that means is you're going to get special character meetings, special food items, and special merchandise. And um, and
1: a lot of people dressing in costumes. Yeah. And there was even a costume contest in Edna mode uh, themed costume so edna mode from the incredibles uh, edna mode themed costume contest so there were a lot of people that came dressed up in in costume for the so event. Why, don't you,
0: why don't you hit some of the highlights of our, sure. of our evening
1: yeah so i would we didn't really spend a lot of time on rides actually i don't know that we did any rides during pixar pier uh or pixar night we spent our time doing the character meet and greets because there were characters that we love that are not usually out so the two i would, the two I would um, say that were the highlights for us were we got to meet Remy and Emil and get our picture taken with them, which was awesome from Ratatouille. And then we also got to meet Wally and Eve uh, from Wally, and it was they were amazing. These were animatronic robot type things, um, not the normal person in suit character thing.
0: So. Well, it's funny I was looking at our. Uh, pre-review kind of video, pre-evening video, and um, I said, oh, I'm really excited to meet Wally and Eve. And Sam was like, oh, it's just a backdrop. So it was really surprising. It was not just a backdrop. It was like a legit character. Character In the same way, if you've ever been on the cruise line for Star Wars Day at sea, and they bring out C-3PO and R2-D2, it was of that
1: caliber caliber it yeah. was really it was maybe even better than that anyway we've got some really cool pictures from those meet and greets um but that's really how we spent our evening and i will say the lines were quite long um, to meet all the characters so we did not meet we did not meet every character that was there for the evening
0: yeah highlight for me was remy and emil for sure uh, it was just so cool to have yeah. them together
1: the up uh, characters were cool as well
0: yeah. Um, did you, did you kind of say who the characters oh, were, so, that were there? No,
1: that was um Russell, uh Carl, a.k.a. Mr. Fredrickson and Doug.
0: Yeah. So that was cool. Um, I think big misses for us. One, the merchandise was essentially a t-shirt and a ter- Tervis mug and neither were all that inspiring. Now yeah. I, I can get that. They don't want to make a bunch of merchandise that might not sell. Um, but I feel like there's usually a little bit better merchandise at these mm-hmm. after dark events and um
1: we did get a cool ap magnet
0: yeah they had some ap swag we got a magnet that was kind of cool um the other the other miss for me was kind of the the specialty food um Mm -hmm. now i did have one of the specialty churros it was a churro it was delicious but you know they make specialty churros all the time so there's nothing outrageous about it um there was we did stop at one place that evening where we're like oh let's try the cake or whatever it is that they have it looks delicious but then when you saw it in real life you know what looked like maybe the size of a you know a mid a medium twinkie or something was like actually Four the times. size of a legitimate birthday cake and we're like you can't eat that it's just too much yeah, so we
1: had because we had already eaten so much at lamplight lounge it was yeah, yeah so we didn't really do any of the food and it
0: just didn't look appetizing in that size like that's the other thing is like i i get people being you know wanting more 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 for their money but it just didn't look good any yeah. longer um so yeah, I thought the food was a miss and the merchandise was a miss. The character greetings were amazing. Um, I'd also say if you go to one of these v- events and they have dance parties, check out the dance parties because they will theme the dance party out. So they had like a Monsters University dance party that we stopped by and they had some pretty obscure characters running around the dance party. Yeah, it
1: was not just Mike and Sully like from no, Monsters had, Inc. They had one it of my was favorites Monsters it. University. So they yeah. had art. And a bunch of the other Uzma Kappa guys. Our art
0: is my favorite, one of my favorite Pixar peer or Pixar characters, and amazing to see someone trying to play that character. I was I was like, how are they gonna pull this off? Because he's basically like a like a weird U-shaped character. And um, so it, it was really cool um, yeah. to see that. And they're just dancing around. Um, so that was fun. All right, so we call it a night day one. We've spent like so much time now on day one. Let's talk day two. Yeah. Um, day two for us started early morning. Trying to get Rise, Rise of, the of the Resistance, Resistance uh, us and twenty five thousand of our closest <laughs> friends. Um, n- we had little to no joy on Rise of the Resistance. Um, so, oh,
1: this was actually not day two. That's you've jumped to day three.
0: No, we yes. remember. No, we got a we got a boarding pass. No,
1: this was the VIP tour day.
0: I understand, Friday. but we got a, we tried to get a boarding pass. Remember a, yes. a, out of the VIP? Oh, that's right. We didn't get up early. We didn't get up, early. Didn't get up early, but when we, so we had our boarding, uh, we had our VIP tour. You're right. We had our VIP tour. And when we showed up and we met the VIP tour guide, um, she said that she had heard that boarding passes might still be available. Now, mind you, this is nine o'clock in the morning,
1: right? An hour after park. It open. is
0: unheard of for boarding passes to be available after eight Oh one AM when the park opens at eight. So I was skeptical, but we got on and we got into a backup boarding group in like the one twenties Yeah. and then quickly we we're like, yeah, there's probably little or no chance that we're getting on. So anyway,
1: one
0: we'll tuck that in our cap, put that boarding pass in your back pocket and we'll get back to it a little bit later. But we started our day with a uh, we did this day we had a VIP tour planned, which was a unique experience for us. Uh, we met up with uh, Chris and Seth. Uh, Chris is one of the co-hosts over at the DCL podcast. And so I invited him to come along uh, and, uh, he and he and his partner, Seth, had had time and they wanted to experience it. So we met up with them. I'm not going to get into a ton of detail on the VIP tour. We're actually recording an episode, I think tomorrow night with, uh, a couple of guests to talk specifically about VIP tours and our experience on the VIP tour. And we also have a vlog post up about the VI, VIP tour and our own personal thoughts about it. Um, I think the quick headline is amazing way to get a ton of stuff done in the park. We hit every major e-ticket attraction with like, I think three exceptions and two of them were closed mm-hmm. uh, for refurbishment um, and still had time for lunch and that was between and the parade, and that was between nine and four, and we saw the parade at three thirty.
1: Although the parade broke down halfway through. Well,
0: hold on, we're gonna get there. <laughs> um, so an amazing way to do it. Not sure it's worth it for a small group. Really depends on
1: not sure what, it's worth it at Disneyland either.
0: Maybe, yeah, but I mean, sort of. Look, it's an amazing experience if you've got the disposable income to do it. Um, maybe great. do
1: it once. Yeah. Well, or you,
0: you do. I'm not gonna. I'm not going to knock the VIP tour. I think there's a. I think the the way I would say it is, it is expensive, and there is a balancing that you need to do in your own mind about time and convenience versus the cost. Totally. For us, I don't think it works out um, in any measurable way. Especially at Disneyland, I could see the argument. Even for us at Disney World, at Disneyland, it's it's harder. Not going to say we wouldn't do it again at some point. I'm just going to say I'm not rushing to do it again right. on our next trip because essentially, while well, we got to do all the rides, guess what? Uh, I'm pretty proficient with my max pass at Disneyland, mm-hmm. which is for those of you who don't know, the essentially the equivalent of fast pass from Disney World, but you don't have to pre-book them, you just start booking them the moment you walk into the park. Um, and you can get an unlimited number of max passes. But um, basically with max pass the right time of year, go on the right day. Right. You could essentially replicate what we did with a VIP tour. It might take you longer. It might take you all day as opposed to the nine to four schedule that we had. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, or a day and a half. If you're not yeah. as efficient.
0: Yeah. But you
1: could hit everything,
0: but it's also sort of what you want to do with your day. Right. If you don't want to ride rides and you want to get a bunch of history about the park, see some really unique things, get some VIP seating to
1: For shows. parades and
0: shows, Yep. you know, could make a lot of sense for you or large group, and you're trying to get onto all the rides, restaurant reservations, all that sort of stuff. Again, there's a lot of services attendant to a VIP tour that you get from a planning perspective. So, we'll go into way more detail on this on our next uh, episode, or, or or maybe the episode after that. But we're gonna have a specific episode on this. So, I'm gonna put a pin in this discussion for the time being. I did want to stop and say, so as a part of our tour, we did get. Special seating to see Magic Happens, the new parade at Disneyland. Um, what we saw of it, I thought was good. Was,
1: I thought it was very cool, the parade, until it broke down. Yes. It, so the the Frozen float, it's a Frozen 2 float. Um, it broke down just about 15 feet past us, past where we were sitting, maybe a little bit more than that. And so there were actually quite a few characters on foot when the parade stopped uh, right in front of us and they were wonderful with interacting with the crowd and dancing around and dealing with the uh, float being broken down. The guy
0: who played um,
1: Pinocchio. No,
0: Hans was singing. Oh, uh,
1: no, Kristoff. Kristoff. Was great. He was great. Yeah. Um, Anyway, the, the, those characters were wonderful in making the best out of a rough situation, but they were out there for a really long time and we ended up having to leave because we needed to get dressed to make our reservation at Napa Rose at the chef's table there. So,
0: so, so yeah. And uh, just to rewind for so, um, one. Yeah, I agree. The pra- I thought the parade was really stunning. I'm sad that we missed part, like, the end of the it. end of it. Yeah. Um, but we'll catch it the next time we go. Um, the one thing I wanted to rewind to the VIP tour, and I did want to give a shout out to our guide, Amanda, um, I thought she was lovely. She did a really nice job, very friendly. So if you do decide to book a VIP tour and you want a recommendation on a guide, we, we, really, we really liked Amanda. We'll have another show uh, about the VIP tours and there may be some other shout outs to be given by um, some of our guests, but um, we really liked Amanda. So as Sam suggested that evening, then we had our uh, coveted dinner at the chef's table at Napa Rose. Now, full disclosure, we've never eaten at Napa Rose before. So we've kind of started at the top, at the top. Um, but, and, um, there is a vlog review that we've done specifically on the chef's table at Napa Rose, but Sam, what were the highlights for you of that experience?
1: Um, well, it's a beautiful restaurant, I will say. Um, and I would put the meal on par with, um, it's not as fancy as uh Victorian Alberts at Disney World but I would say food quality wise it was as good as that. Um one of my favorite dish of the evening, uh actually I have two favorite dishes of the evening. One was this one kind of called a a play on a crying tiger uh, which was a fillet, a spiced fillet um uh kind of pieces with kind of a salad and a i want to say it was a lobster or crab fritter uh, with it. It was just an incredible dish. And then my dessert, which was a, a coconut milk cheesecake. So no real cheese, but um, really delicious uh, dish. So those were highlights. I would say it was an amazing meal.
0: Yeah. And a couple of observations I would have. I mean, I think, um, you know, you don't need to eat at the chef's table to get a good meal at Napa Rose. Uh, right. We were sitting – Obviously, the benefit of sitting at the chef's table is you're overlooking the kitchen, and we were sitting right next to the uh, the pass uh, where the you know the chefs interact with the servers and are checking the food before it goes out. And let me tell you, they were meticulously checking that food. We saw the chef send things back constantly with more needs more of this, you know, this isn't cooked properly, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it is. So, like the quality of the food coming out of that kitchen was apparent, and the level of detail was. You know, also apparent. I also say Chef Andrew, who is the executive chef for Napa Rose, as well as um, uh, I don't think Club 33, maybe Club 33. No, not Club
1: 33, 21 Royal.
0: 21 Royal and then Carthay Circle. Um, was there personally kind of overseeing dinner. And so, you know, to have him there in the kitchen, I think is also sort of like a mark of, you know, the quality kind of coming out of that restaurant.
1: Yeah. I'll also add that I did see people in the restaurant with kids and in talking to the chef, they do have uh, some more kid friendly options. Although you will not see your standard pizza or spaghetti with marinara sauce, but they do have French fries and a kid's steak and things like that, so you but, will find kid-friendly food.
0: But it is definitely a higher-end meal. You're going to pay a higher-end price. You're going to get some really fabulous food, um, and you know if you want wine pairings or cocktails, you're going to get some really excellent drinks. Um, I will say the chef's table is an amazing experience. Something you have to book in advance. There's only twelve seats, and I think two seatings of it a night. Um, so you know if you want it book it early, uh, call and, you know, get that booked or I think you can book online. I think I booked online, but, um, uh, no, actually I booked through signature, I booked through Disney signature services, um, when we booked our VIP tour, but it's, you know, it's a hot ticket item to get that, um, uh, to get that seat. So if you want it, you got to book it. Um, and I think it's well worth the price, especially Disney pricing standards. It seemed like, you know, well on par with other meals we've had in terms of costs um, outside of Disney um, of that quality. And so, you know, I didn't feel like I was paying some insane markup to, to Disney and we had food and wine and ours was like a five course tasting menu. So the other hallmark of the chef's table is that they're really trying to design a menu to your tastes. They're mm-hmm. not just serving you food. They're cooking in the kitchen. Now, I mean, look, some of it are dishes that they're making in the kitchen, yeah. but, but they're trying to sort of calibrate your experience, your meal, your courses to what you like. And I think we found a few moments in the meal where we were like, they're really nailing it. Like, yeah,
1: they changed one of my courses actually after I had commented about the crying tiger course, chef Andrew. Um, I, and I only know he changed my course because they served me, uh, one wine And then switched and served me a different wine and and the waiter said, oh, I'm giving you a a different wine because chef decided to serve you something different than what he was originally going to. So he did change after I had commented about how much I liked that one dish.
0: So, yeah. So great experience. Um, Definitely recommend it. Um, After dinner, we went back to um, the park uh, to Disneyland, we had VIP seating for the fireworks That's that right. evening. I'll say that was one of the great benefits of the evening. We never had better seating for the fireworks. Um, even snagged myself a you know castle picture with the fireworks making the Mickey Mouse. Uh, you know, so it, it was really cool to see the fireworks. Disney fireworks are great. I don't think we need to spend a ton of time on them. So let's. let's yeah. But, but the seating was great. One of the great benefits of the VIP tour. Let's skip to day three. So day three, we are up early. To get a boarding pass for Rise of the Resistance, and actually, we should say we we didn't reveal what happened the day before. Oh, so yeah. we had a boarding pass in the 120s, and they got up to
1: 119, 119, and they shut, five boarding groups ahead of us, and they
0: shut the ride down two and a half hours before the park closed, which is a very very bad sign. That means right. the ride was irreparably broken in some way. Which fast forward now to the next morning, we got up early, we're in the park early. We followed all the advice. We got in deep into the park to get better, you know, uh, cell, well, cell coverage. We weren't cell on coverage, Wi-Fi. That's right. Um, we had both of our phones out. Sam had the strategy of having the app open but not on the page to actually get the boarding pass. I had the strategy of opening the app like six seconds before the top of the hour because that's how long it would take to load on my phone. And what number of boarding pass did we get, Sam?
1: Oh, what was it? It was like 80-something
0: Yeah, was it 80 something or 70 something? It was 80 something. It was 84, I think it was, or maybe 86. But
1: it was very frustrating.
0: The bad sign was we got boarding pass 80, I think it was 84.
1: Yeah, you're right. And initially
0: it told us that was a backup boarding group. And I said, that is not a good sign because boarding, backup boarding groups usually don't start in the 80s. They usually start well after that.
1: No, it was 74 because normally it's 75. Yeah, because they originally said yeah, it was seventy-four. Sorry. So anyway,
0: seventy-four. So we first I thought, no big deal. I of mean we're course definitely we'll gonna. On. We're gonna on. But then tragedy strikes, my premonition was accurate. The night before they shut the ride down for two and you know, two and a half hours early, and they didn't reopen the ride for boarding groups until twelve thirty in the afternoon. So we were behind the curve on getting called for the ride and now really understood why they had initially said we were in a backup boarding group we needed not 75 and above ended up being backup groups for the day anyway we we're devastated a little bit i have been chasing the bicoastal rise of the resistance <laughs> achievement um you know for a trip and a half now um so anyway
1: spoiler alert we did get on that we did get
0: on we did get on um but (laughs) we were worried and ended up impacting our plans because we had a dinner that night and it was the two things were going to collide it looked like um and so anyway we'll talk about that in a second but got up early got our boarding pass and then we exited disneyland immediately yep and we headed over to california adventure and I don't remember what we did in the morning, but...
1: We just did a whole bunch of rides. We did Soarin', we did the Incredicoaster.
0: Soren over California. Yeah,
1: sorry, Soren over California, <laughs> which is, in our opinion, the better of the two Soarins. Um, but we did Incredicoaster, we did, um, I think we did Toy Story, uh, Midway Mania. We, we just did a bunch of rides over in California Adventure. And then we, oh, we also did um, uh, Radiator Springs Racers. Um, we spent a lot of time eating around. Uh, I was going to say
0: I was, I was say. That, at Food and Wine yeah, Festival. That, that morning we did a bunch of rides, but then by about eleven thirty, we bought our sip and savor passes. Actually, we bought those early. And pro tip: if you go to Food and Wine, buy at California early. Adventure, yeah, if you if once when they're opening up, buy your sip and savor pass because the line for that later in the day was very long. Now the lines for the food stalls Are by long. midday. We're also super long. That's somewhat unavoidable. Um, but the tip that people seem to sometimes follow or not is um, you can order food from any stall throughout the park at, at any location. So if you find a short line or short uh, – Yeah, order short line, line for order ordering, just order everything you want, and then you can just carry your receipt around with you and pick okay, up what yeah. you want.
1: But you can't lose your receipt.
0: Yeah, don't lose your receipt. But um, so a couple of things, food and wine. Um, let me give some – Kind of my quick thoughts on it. One is I think... So, Food and Wine Festival, it's a lot of stalls with kind of unique food offerings. Um, some
1: cool merchandise too for food and wine, especially sure, from food and wine. Sure,
0: but the hallmark of it is the food. That's what right. it's there for. And, you know, so each stall is going to have some specialty food items and some specialty beverages, usually both alcoholic and non alcoholic. Um,
1: desserts as well.
0: Desserts, yeah. Most of them will have a dessert. And then, mm-hmm. you know, the notion is you kind of eat around the different stalls and try things out. And we tried a bunch of dishes. We have a, a vlog post up with kind of a bunch of the food we, we, I think most of the things we tried are in the vlog. But it's going to be kind of more unique food items or, you know, people trying to, you know, uh, jazz up food items a little bit. Um, And so –
1: Pepperoni pizza,
0: egg rolls. Yeah. The Impossible Burger, mac and cheese. um, Anyway, lots of interesting food items. And you get basically tasting size portions. Mm -hmm. um, And everything's about, you know, uh, non-alcoholic drinks are like five, six bucks. The food items are like, you know, seven, eight, maybe nine dollars depending. And then the Mm -hmm. alcoholic beverages are reaching up higher it is worth it if you're going to get eight or more portions or tastings to get a sip and savor pass. Um, and as long as but you sort of don't use it for drinks
1: or does, well, you can't use it for alcoholic drinks.
0: Don't use it for non-alcoholic drinks. And don't
1: use it for the desserts. You use it for the regular foods because those are the things that are usually are between seven and $8 versus the drinks that are between five and $6 and the desserts that are probably closer to $6. Cause on average, um, with the sip and saver you're still paying i think it's like seven and a half uh, dollars a or seven dollars an item something like that
0: yeah so and there are ap discounts on the um sip and saver pass that make it a, you know slightly more affordable but it was a great option we got two of them because there was so much stuff that we wanted to try and uh, i think it worked. we couldn't well. finish
1: it the first day because it was there was just so much food yeah, we
0: broke our we broke our review up over two days and end up you know basically using one pass one day for lunch and the rest of the pass the next day for lunch. And thought it was, thought it was a good way to do that. Um, food was good. We, you know, again, we have some reviews up on some specific items, the parks closed. I don't think food and wine will be back this, this year. So, you know, take that for what it's worth, but next year, you know, if you have a chance to book for food and wine at DC, I think I would definitely make a trip back to do that. Um, uh, fast forward, we, um, we're nail biting all day about whether we're going to get a rise of the resistance, tracking the boarding groups. Um, and we got on. Um, our boarding
1: group got called only, I think it was two hours before our dinner reservation. Yeah, so we, had, we
0: had a dinner reservation at steakhouse 55 at seven 45. I think our boarding group got called actually maybe around six ish. We, we basically went back to the hotel five forty-five. Got, got dressed for dinner
1: and, and then went and then
0: went yeah. to, to get on the ride. Now um, one pro tip here. If you're getting to Disneyland and dealing with boarding passes, and you feel like you've been slighted by the boarding pass system, Guest Relations is not going to do anything for you. Cannot not a help you. Thing. We went to Guest Relations to basically say, "Hey, we have this dinner reservation. We're a little concerned the two things are going to overlap. You know, we really don't want to cancel our dinner. Is there anything you can do to even move us up just like a couple of boarding groups so we can get on this ride?" And they're like, "Nope." Uh,
1: nope, move your dinner. Yeah, that was like, there. you can
0: move your dinner to later. And we're like, not, not happening. So we're a little bummed because- That was we, a
1: Saturday night too. We weren't sure we could actually move yeah, our dinner.
0: We were a little bummed because we had wanted to go to Trader Sam's before our dinner because Steakhouse 55 is over at the Disneyland Hotel. And we haven't really gotten a huge chance to experience Trader Sam's. Mm-hmm. But, um, well, we have to do it another trip because <laughs> Rise of the Resistance went out. I don't think it would went out for me on the next trip, but this trip it did. Um, great ride uh yeah it's consistently a great ride the, the effects wow and amaze it's the second time i've ridden it. it's the second time sam's ridden it
1: we both rode it at disney world first and i
0: still don't think i've seen everything like i caught some more things this time uh and was like how did they do that how do they do that um agreed so um i think it's just it's a ride with a lot of re rideability. Mm-hmm. um so looking forward to do it again i don't want to Go through a huge review of Rise of the Resistance. There's plenty of that out there. Good ride. Lots of people love it, think it's the best ride ever.
1: Really cool multi-part ride. That's what I'll say. Yeah.
0: So anyway, got to ride Rise of the Resistance, and then we were off to Steakhouse 55 for dinner. Again, we've got kind of a vlog post out reviewing our dinner at Steakhouse 55. But what are your big high-level thoughts on the dinner, Sam?
1: Uh, Delicious Steak. Even better truffle mac and cheese. But
0: truffle mac and cheese is amazing, and it's apparently the same mac and cheese that they serve at Club Thirty Three. So if you too want to feel like you're eating at Club Thirty Three, order the truffle mac and cheese at Steakhouse Fifty Five. The chef at Steakhouse Fifty Five is the former chef or the current. Yes,
1: the former chef, former at Club chef Club 33. for Club Thirty Three. So yeah. Anyway, it was it was a great dinner. We didn't have room for dessert because we were just so full f- between food and wine and the big steaks and the truffle mac and cheese. Green beans were meh. I didn't meh. think they were great, but uh, that great was – great
0: salad. I had a great wedge oh, salad we had a great to sal- start. We both had great salads. You had a great to salad start. to start. Yeah. Or, you know, look, I'll say this: it's um, if you go to Steakhouse Fifty Five and expect, expect anything less than a traditional steakhouse experience, you're, you're you know, like or anything different, I should say, than a traditional steakhouse experience, you're not going to get it. Then, then you're not going to mm-hmm. find anything but steaks. It's sort of like for me. When I mean, people talk about, they went to Palo and they ordered, you know, the eggs Benedict. Palo's the restaurant, one of the restaurants, the Italian restaurant on the uh, Disney Dream and Disney Fantasy. Um, for those who and know, and the
1: Magic and Wonder.
0: Uh, that's right, Magic and Wonder. I forgot. Remy's the one that's only on the Dream. And the Fan. But anyway, it's the Italian restaurant on the ships, and people will go and they'll say, "Well, I had brunch and I ordered the eggs Benedict. It wasn't very good." You're in an Italian restaurant. Order the chicken parm. Order the lasagna. Yeah. So. If you're at steakhouse 55, you're going to get a steak. That's end of story. It's a steakhouse experience. Um, uh, and if you've eaten at other steakhouses, you'll know what I'm talking about. So had a great meal at steakhouse 55. It turned out that evening was also the night that the clocks were changing. We had That's thought, right. Oh, Spring we'll go
1: forward.
0: We'll go to Trader Sam's after and get a drink. Well, yeah, we were like, no, we're going back to the hotel and going to bed. Um, which brings us to day four, which, look, we can go through really quickly. Normally, we would get up early on day four and hit the hit Pixar Pier hard in the morning uh, for early morning magic.
1: Yeah, it was an early morning magic day for DCA.
0: We did not do that. We slept in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> probably the first time I haven't, like, roped dropped something in I don't know how long. I, I felt, think we were
1: just too full.
0: <laughs> I felt mildly guilty um, about it, but... Yeah. At the end of the day, it was the right, the right decision. Uh, we hopped into, to DCA uh, later in the morning. Actually, no, we hopped into Disneyland, Disneyland. to start the day. Um, I think around park open and we, um, I, we rode pirates, mm-hmm. um, which we had ridden the day before and had blown my mind because I, I had remembered that ride differently. I had not it almost exactly the same as at Walt Disney world. And it is just not, um, it is way better at Disneyland. So we, Road pirates, and then got
1: beignets.
0: Beignets in New Orleans Square, which we had heard so much about. I was skeptical. Look, I used to ride in Mardi Gras parades in New Orleans. My parents have a house in New Orleans. I have eaten at Cafe Dumond.
1: These the, were Cafe Dumond level. They're
0: like a just like a ever so slight click down from Cafe oh, Dumond, and know. there's no chicory um, cafe au lait, which I think is essential when you have a no. beignet. But it was good. Like no, it's good. It's
1: I have good. to disagree. I think the beignets were as good, if not better, because they were Mickey shaped. And I also do not like chicory coffee. I prefer regular coffee, and so in my mind, better. The only thing that would have been better is if we had had a Starbucks coffee instead uh, of a Joffrey's coffee.
0: <laughs> I, I will give you the Mickey shaped wizard, like the wizardry of making a beignet into a Mickey shape. Anything Mickey shaped tends to taste better. I don't know what it is. So it was good. I'll say. You know, look, we're going out of, we're going on the uh, wonder or the magic, the wonder out of New Orleans February, a year from now. I'm looking forward to having some beignets at Cafe Dumont. They're really, really good. But these are, these are as close as I've experienced outside of New Orleans. So, you know, really excellent beignets. Um, Then we headed over to California Adventure and just continued the eating theme to finish out our food and wine festival experience and uh, to review some food. And then we headed to the, uh, headed to Canes uh, one more time. Canes, shout out again, chicken finger payments we are didn't, accepted. No, we
1: didn't go to Canes on the we way. Did. No, because we had eaten. Lunch oh, that's right. We ate wine. a food and wine. We were going to go to we Canes. Were, we were kind of I'm debating, sorry. but we still had our sip and saver pass left. So we decided to finish that, finish out our sip and saver pass and skip Cain's. Well, if to, Canes
0: <laughs> or in and out wants to sponsor this show, we will eat at your <laughs> restaurant on arrival and departure every time. I guarantee it. Um, Anyway,
1: maybe both, maybe yeah. one of so each.
0: <laughs> we headed back to the airport uh, to catch our flight um, home, and that pretty much wraps up our trip. So, with that, let me do um, a couple of kind of higher level observations here. So, um, so, let me, Sam, top two or three best moments of the trip, and top two or three biggest misses for you. Oh, lots of dead air here, Sam.
1: I'm sorry. It's, it's really hard. Okay. So, uh, top, uh, the chef's table at Napa Rose just overall blew me away. Um, obviously those two dishes in particular, but overall getting on rise of the resistance. Finally, that was another highlight. Um, and the truffle, mac, and cheese, and steakhouse, 55. <laughs> Two out of my three are food related. That's not surprising. Um, misses, I would say, uh, just th- well, the fact that we didn't get to Trader Sam's is a miss. Um, I would say food and wine, even though I, uh, the food was good, but nothing was amazing. So I'll give that as a miss. Um, and the fact that the Haunted Mansion wasn't open. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The Haunted Mansion. I miss the Haunted Mansion this time. Um, all right. Hits for me. Um, definitely Remy and Emil on Pixar Pier night. Yeah. Um, and not just getting to meet them. I thought it was really, we, we were standing in line with this couple who was super committed to meeting these characters. And the woman had this, just amazing costume where she had recreated the chef's hat from Ratatouille with a backlit rat in it. And, and she
1: was dressed as Colette.
0: Just as Colette. And so it's just really fun to interact with people who had that level of enthusiasm about something that I love, which is I love Ratatouille. I think it's one of the best Disney films. Um And so that was a big hit for me. I think um other big hits... um probably getting on rise of the resistance. That was huge for me because I wanted to do, um, the bi-coastal rise of the resistance. Um, I would say pirates was a huge hit for me this time. I just, I, again, I had blocked my memory over what it was and just skipped it. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad we did it because now it's kind of on my, one of my top hits list for, uh, when we go to Disneyland, um, just would want to ride that ride again.
1: And what were your misses?
0: Um, well, let me give, I want to give, I want to give two more hits really fast. So well, I know but I to. So beignets, I think were a hit with oh, me. Yeah. I would have them again. And then the other, the other hit was just the pacing of the, the trip overall just felt more relaxed with us not having to like sort of corral a six-year-old. So for those of you contemplating, can I really go to Disneyland without my child? yes. Yes, you can. Yes. Just say (laughs) it with, say it with me. Yes, I can. (laughs) It's going to be amazing because you can just have a much more relaxed sort of trip. Um, sort of, so the misses, I think big miss for me was actually trying to start our career as vloggers and podcasters on this trip, um, did offset some of the pacing, relaxed pacing that I was just talking about. So, learning that we have to build a little bit more time in if we're going to be recording things. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, we were go, 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 which didn't leave a whole lot of time to do, um, you know, the content kind of creation that I was hoping to do. So, you know, just adjusting my expectations for future trips. So that was a miss for me. Trader Sam's was definitely um, a big miss for me. And I'm going to throw one out there that Sam's probably going to disagree with. But honestly, staying at the Grand Cal for an adults only trip was a miss for me.
1: Oh, my goodness. I,
0: I love the Grand Cal but I think we would have had just a nice time at the Disneyland resort and the convenience factor for the grand Cal um, didn't
1: play in as much, this did time. not play
0: into our trip as Fair. much this time. And so I, I agree. Yeah. And so I think we could have, could have saved, had significant savings on our hotel room, uh, to not stay at the grand Cal. And, you know, look, I know we've mentioned a few times we're DVC members. If we go DVC, staying at the grand Cal, it's no brainer. Um, at least until they build the new tower, in which case we'll have right. another option. But we weren't
1: saying on points anyway.
0: But we were saying we still go sometimes on cash because let me tell you, those grand cow points are expensive to buy. So we did not buy enough points to right. tackle every vacation we're going to take to Disneyland.
1: And it's also hard to book. You really need to book at the 11-month yeah. window.
0: Which we're finding out right now as we try to cancel vacation in April. And I'm concerned and we that we're going to lose our points. But um, Um, anyway, um, so for me, those were the misses. Um, so yeah, with that, any final sort of thoughts for folks on kind of an adults only trip to Disneyland or anything that stood out for you? No, no, (laughs) a woman of normally many words has few this evening. So, well, with, with that, we'll, um, we'll wrap things up. Yeah, you've got our opinions now on uh, an adults-only trip to Disneyland and, uh, you know, um, some hits and some misses, uh, some tips that we have, um, some thoughts we have around the hotels and the parks in general. Uh, we'll have more episodes coming up around the VIP tour. We've got vlog posts out on a lot of the things we experienced at Disneyland. If you want kind of a deeper dive in our take on things, head over to YouTube. So. Thanks for listening this week, and uh, please remember to subscribe to the podcast so you can keep getting great content from the DCL Duo each week. Please also leave us a five star review at Apple Podcasts. Those reviews are really, really important to the success of our podcast. Um, they help make our podcast more visible to people who are searching for it, and they help us get um, you know more guests on the show who can you know fill airtime, and you don't have to listen to us every week so leave us a five-star review if you leave us an actual comment uh, comment uh, review on apple podcast we'll read that on the air if you'd like to send us a question or be a guest on the show please email us at dclduo at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media at dclduo you can also head over to the dclduo channel on youtube for even more great content The DCL duo podcast and vlog are not affiliated with Disney cruise line, the Walt Disney company, or the Walt Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Walt Disney company or Disney cruise line. If you have a question about a Disney cruise or a Walt Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent. Again, we are not travel agents. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL duo. Good night, everybody. Good
1: night.